Oh, no. I misspelled a word in the middle of this really long document, and I don't have enough time to start over. Oh, Mr. Stevens is really going to be cross with me. Hey, don't fret. Just use Write White. Write White? What's that? Write White is a brand new, easy-to-use correction fluid. Simply shake, apply, and in a matter of seconds, you are back to work. Wow, that really works. Now, only if I could use Write White to fix the rest of my problems. Write White can be used for a variety of paper-related problems. Oh? What? Like what? Well, like doctoring the results of a paternity test. Uh, okay. It's a little more complicated than the typo. But if you follow this three-step process, you'll be rid of any little brats forever. Uh, thanks, but I'm okay. Step one. Before you enter the examination room where they take the first drop in a lifetime of bleeding you dry, take notice of the nurses working there. Pick out one that's a little older and looks angry and bribe her. I think I'm okay. $200 ought to do it. It's just a small price to pay compared to where you're headed. Look, I really need to get back to work. Tell them to meet you with the test results in the shitter on the second floor. Remember, nurses don't take the Hippocratic Oath like those snooty doctors, nor do they get paid as much. So their code of ethics and self-worth are pretty much dictated by monetary gain at this point in their spinster's life. I, I, I gotta get back to work, so... Step two. Once you get your hands on the document, there will be two columns. One that reads child, and one that reads alleged father. Now, below that will be a series of numbers. This is where right white correction fluid comes in. Please, I really don't want to hear this. Now, there are going to be matching numbers in both columns. All you need to do is shake, apply right white correction fluid to the numbers that match. Don't forget that pesky probability percentage. And in a matter of seconds, you're a free man. Oh, okay, okay, are you done? Are you done? Step three, sue the mom. What? For what? I don't know. Damages? Defamation of character? You know, you can sue anybody for virtually anything these days. In fact, you can use right white correction fluid to doctor legal documents. That's enough. Mm-hmm. My office? No! Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Stevens. It's not what it looks like. Not you. Him. Tell me more about faking these paternity tests. That's right, white correction fluid. No one will ever stop you again. It's the best of Time Mule. And here they are. Mike, Jason, and Gabe. <laughs> Welcome to the best of time, y'all. <laughs> and we sure have a lot of fun over the years. And we've assembled some of our all-time favorite clips for tonight's show. We have had a lot of fun on the Time Mule podcast. And one thing that makes this show so exciting is interviews with Tinseltown's finest. Everyone from Christina Applegate to Ed O'Neill. From Katie Seagal to David Faustino. The stars shine oh so brightly. Some movie mm-hmm. I'm really proud of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was Suicide Kings. Right. Not a lot of people saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had a great time working on it. Okay. And I think, I think people should just give it a chance, you know? Yeah, that's great. 
Hey, um, did you kill Natalie Wood? <laughs> Jimmy, we'd love to hear about your new film, The Shootist. Yeah. What was it like getting together with Hondo again? Aw, oh, same as always with the old doke. But say, I, I wrote something the other day that I'd like to read to your audience. <laughs> I always love when you bring poems to the show. Last time he was here, he did a delightful poem about a rainbow after a rain shower. Oh, well, this is a little bit of a, a bit of a new direction. On the slopes, I met a lady from Colorado who, who, who made perfect angels in the snow. Aww. With lips warm and moist, my south pole she would hoist onto a chairlift for a blow. Okay, hey, uh, Mr. Stewart, I think that's a little too risque for our audience. Well, I, I haven't even gotten to the good stuff. Yeah, I think we need to go to commercial. You're all a, bu a bu bunch of prudes. That's what you are. <laughs> uh, Danny Aiello, thank you so much for coming by. Uh, so I understand you had a pretty unusual job before acting. Uh, yes, I was a conductor on the Long Island Railroad. Outrageous. Uh, in fact, I still remember all the stops. Would you like to hear? I think we all would. Right, here we go. Me, 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 me. <laughs> Port Jefferson. Greenport. Bellport. Islandia. Islip. Don't give me no lip. Brookhaven. Sag Harbor. Aw, why so saggy? Garden City. Watch out for worms. Shoran. Riverhead. Oyster Bay. Oysters. Ooh la la. Lake Grove. Northport. Westbury, Freeport, Sagaponac, Rockville Century. Hey, I thought Michael Stipe told you not to go back there. <laughs> Amityville, what a horror. <laughs> Mineola, Floral Park. Hey, save a boutonniere for old Danny. Off the stage, Cher. Get out of here. You're making everybody uncomfortable. Everybody's scared now. Boo! Boo! Everybody boo her. Get get off my stage. Jeez Louise. There is a lingering grasp uh -huh. that is holding on tightly to an ideal mm -hmm. that was once coveted but never realized in practice, right. only in myth. Okay. We are domesticated nomads mm -hmm. in search for a reality that only exists in fantasy. Okay. Um, hold on a second. <laughs> You see how that feels? That's what you are doing to me. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, let's have another round of applause for Henry Kissinger.
Up next, we have Zookeeper Eli. All right, who's this little critter? Hey, this little kangaroo's name is Petey. Well, welcome to the show, Petey. And let me ask you this. Have you ever been on an internationally distributed podcast before? Oh, sure. Petey's been on loads of podcasts. Suddenly Sydney, Love Goes On, A Song by Song Analysis, The Music of the Go-Betweens. I thought we booked an exclusive appearance. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to feed him a carrot? I'll give it a shot. Whew. He's nibbling my fingers a little bit. You know, Petey, I usually ask someone to uh, buy me dinner first. <laughs> oh, he's going over to say hi to Laverne, our security guard. Oh no, Petey just grabbed Laverne's gun. Everyone, remain calm. Be cool, okay? Whatever you do, don't make eye contact with the room. <laughs> Lindenhurst. <sighs> Brookville. Mm. Brentwood, East Hampton, Old Westbury, Copiague, Lynbrook, Malvern, West Hampton Beach, Surf's Up, Bayville, Exit to your left, Wyandanche, hi everybody out. Someone watching this program is going to be burgled tonight. Who? Where? When? There's no way of knowing until it happens. But when it does, you could be the first to know. Remember, if it opens, lock it. Lock it. Lock it. Mmm. Time you. Probably one of the most famous things, um, I mean, for the viewer, um, are monologues. Um, you know, we've been doing these for years. Fans come up to me all the time and, like, quote something. Uh, honestly, I don't really know what they're saying. Uh, you know, we write these the day of the recording. You know, we uh, the band plays, we go out, we say the monologue, and, you know, we promptly forget them because... You know, we have one to write the next day, but, you know, it's you. You, the viewer, the listener, who's kept these alive. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. We've seen them all over the place. Um, you know, they come up on coffee mugs, uh, T-shirts, baby doll T-shirts, tank tops, Henleys, Raglins, keychains, a Lucite keychains and uh oh yeah this is great bumper stickers um i was in fact driving over here on the uh 4963 and uh i saw one on a uh bumper sticker of a uh, i think it was a nissan sentra um and you know since we're looking back at the history of the show the great moments the um serious moments where we helped you as a nation heal um let's look at some of the funny moments you know just let it out um, let's look at some of our monologues. Um, on a more serious note, before we go into it, you may hear us say something to um, our band leader, Skaggs Cornwall. Uh, you know, what can I say? What a man. 
would a father, um, not to me, um, but I should say if you have any information, any at all, on the whereabouts of old Skaggsy, and, you know, to be fair, probably at this point, remains of Skaggsy, um, you know, please contact us at timeyou.gmail.com. I can't tell you what a relief it would be to his family, whom, you know, I have been taking care of financially since his disappearance in 1987, and let's face it, he wasn't that good of a band leader. Um, yeah, so without further ado, roll that tape, Vicky. So did you hear this? Uh, this week, they announced plans to make a Crocodile Dundee 3. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about Didgeridon't? <laughs> oh, God. Why is my mouth bleeding? Oh, no, no. This isn't a bit. Everybody stop laughing. This isn't a bit. Oh, God. Why, why are you applauding? <laughs> so did you see this in the news? Uh, President JFK got shot in the head. <laughs> I guess he's former president now. Yeah, formerly alive, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, sitting in the back of convertible. Uh, I wonder how that happened. A joy. <laughs> what? Really? What, are we too politically correct now? Oh, so sensitive. I'm a comedian. I can say this kind of stuff, okay? Get over it. So did you see this in the news this week? Figure skater Nancy Kerrigan was attacked by a baton on her lower right leg. Yeah. Why are you laughing? It's horrible. No, it's, it's terrible. No, she had to withdraw from several competitions. Why are you laughing? Stop laughing. It was an attack. It was horrible. Do you see the footage? It's terrible. Stop laughing. This is awful. Stop laughing. Uh, Gabe, I couldn't help but notice that the monologue joke segment is just your stuff. And yeah. Well, you know, Mike and I have done monologues as well. We have hundreds of hours of stuff recorded, us roasting Ronald Reagan, Clinton. We could do a segment of just our OJ stuff alone. I mean, you guys, what? You skipped out early. You went to go get the new iPhone or whatever. You do not know So I my put in life. the work. I picked out my jokes. What, do you think I was going to pick out your jokes out of the archive? Uh, yeah. This isn't the best of Gabe. It's the best of Time Mule. Are you under the impression that I think about you when you're not around? I don't give a shit about you guys. This is our job, okay? And you guys didn't do your job. So that's why only my jokes are in there. Do you think I'm gonna do your job for you, huh? No. So this is what we got, okay? I got my best jokes, which is, you know, fitting because, you know, I'm the funniest one. <laughs> I can't even remember a joke that you guys done. Do you think we're equals, huh? Just go to the next segment. Ah, 1979. I remember it well. I got drunk at three airports with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just by accident. 
But now we're going to play back one of our most talked about segments from 1979. Right, and welcome back to the 1979 Timeathon. If you're just joining us, we have raised an astounding $232.63 in just three short days for an amazing undisclosed cause that definitely isn't for Jason's cosmetic surgery. I know we have talked a lot about it in the past and even said that we might end up doing a telethon to raise the money to get Jason's cosmetic surgery. And, well, we are well aware that the money we are currently raising isn't convincing most of you that this isn't going towards Jason's cosmetic surgery. But we assure you, it's not for Jason's cosmetic surgery. Okay, now that that's out of the way, we got a real treat for you right now. World-famous stuntman Wicked Waladarski is going to jump his equally famous Wicked Wheeler motorcycle over 27 normal-sized school buses that are sitting at the bottom of the Palo Duro Canyon, all while legendary American sniper Carlos Hathcock will be trying to shoot out Waladarski's tires as soon as he leaves the ramp. Okay, we are now being told that Wicked Waladarski is in position and would like to say a few words before attempting this death stunt. I'm sorry, death-defying stunt. Uh, we go to him now live via satellite. Ladies and gentlemen, I stand here before you a humble man. For years, I've been riding my way through life, avoiding any and all responsibilities in lieu of the next cheap high. And now, facing this pit that can only be described as the world's largest sarcophagus for the smallest husk of a man, I can now see with my own eyes that there is indeed a god. And she is pissed. Due to the overwhelming circumstances, I was forced to take this gig from a number of benefactors, all of whom I owe a great debt to. Translation, I owe a lot of bad people a lot of money. What I face here in front of me pales in comparison to what awaits me out there. So before I roll the dice, possibly for the last time, I wish to confess my sins. I am not the original wicked Wolodarski. The real Wolodarski drowned during a test stunt when he was experimenting with speedboats. I found his body washed up on the beach and put on his clothes and assumed his identity. They couldn't identify his body because the real Wolodarski lost all his teeth in the boat accident. Remember the Altamont Speedway Free Festival? Yeah, I was a huge contributing factor to the outcome of that disaster. I have used right white correction fluid to doctor a great deal of paternity test results. Let me make one thing clear, although I regret abandoning literally dozens of children, I do not regret using the fine product that is right white correctional fluid i created scrappy doo okay um we need to wrap it up wicked uh we have gentle ben waiting in the wings and they purposely don't feed him before appearances so uh, could get really dangerous for us here in the studio let me finish or i will tell everyone what this telethon is really for well okay first of all it's a timeathon. okay i'll let you finish but i just want to state that the money is going to a good cause. 
Jason is already a handsome boy. He doesn't even need cosmetic surgery. So it's definitely not for that. I started a cult. We have a two-acre commune in the deserts of New Mexico. I took all of my followers' monies, cars, and properties and flipped them for profit. After I had them fully committed to my teachings, I told them I was going to step out for cigarettes and never return. And yes, it was a sex cult. I was also a serial killer in my late 20s, but I won't tell you which one, just in case. Okay, I'm ready to do this. Oh, man. Well, there you have it. He got shot by legendary American sniper Carlos Hathcock. Now he's dead. Didn't even make it across the third bus. Coming up next is Gentle Ben. If there's one thing you can say about the Time Mule podcast, is that we like to have a lot of fun. And something that we've been having a lot of fun with since the summer of 68 is a segment we like to call Now Showing. And here's us talking about the 1977 Japanese horror fantasy film, House. Hey, roll that clip, Butch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Now Showing. Today, we watch, or this month, we watched House. Everybody applaud. Everybody, did you enjoy your experience with uh, House, released in 1977, directed by, please forgive me for butchering this if I do, uh, no, Nobahiko Obayashi. That sounds all right to me. Oh, thank you. I felt like I was in old Japan. <laughs> I'm going to just start off by saying uh, just spoilers, because there's no way we can talk about this in like yeah. any secret capacity. Because also, also, we told you we were going to watch it. and um... It's on you if we're spoiling this. <laughs> and I don't think we could really spoil it, to be honest. No. We, we could describe this stuff, and you, if you haven't seen it, you're not going to really – you're not going to have a good mental – image It'll, it won't match what what actually happens yeah so so this movie kind of just goes <laughs> it, it's like uh i had to rewind it a few times because you know it's it's a Jap movie from japan and it's clearly subtitled and i i was confused because the the character names are very unique <laughs> yeah i wrote i wrote them down if you want to oh, okay i was about to test I was about to test you if you can name all of them. Well, uh, I so would like to say my favorite is Prof. <laughs> prof. So right at the <laughs> beginning, uh, these, the two 
I guess main characters are named, uh, was it Gorgeous and Fantasy? Gorgeous Fantasy. Fantasy can't tell the uh, difference between reality and her <laughs> dreams. So, you know, the movie is really, out of every bizarre thing that happens, just a regular day for her. <laughs> oh, Fantasy. But go on, tell us the names. <laughs> oh, so, I, I have them written down here too. So, oh, okay. Okay, but first off, let me just say, this is like <laughs> Snow White logic, because all of their names are basically what they are. That's just what they do. And, uh, it's like... Jesus. I gotta, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't wait. Just say those names, because... Uh, okay, so we have the main character up top is Gorgeous, who <laughs> is very pretty. And, and let's keep in mind, and let's keep in mind... Not a doubt in my mind that these actresses were like 42. But <laughs> as we're talking about this audience, just keep in mind that we're supposed to believe they're in high school. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so we're supposed to believe that they're in high school. All right. So Mike already mentioned fantasy and you, her whole deal is that she doesn't really know what's fantasy or reality. <laughs> I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to do this in descending order. Next, we have sweet She's just a very nice young woman, does a lot of things for people. I guess she's just a, yeah, she's just a comic. There's Pruff, which is short for, it's a... Mike's favorite. Mike's favorite, which is short for Professor. I think you can guess that... She, she has glasses, so she's she's, she'd she's always smart. Go, Actually, I think a mushroom is a... It'd be some, like, fact that no one cares about. Yes, yeah. so she's obviously the smart one. There's Melody... <laughs> Who's the the musician? So you see her playing guitar, playing guitar, playing piano. We'll talk about the piano scene a little bit oh, later. Oh please. Uh, this one's uh, a little insulting. Kung fu. <laughs> oh she's, man, I got I got a I got a thing I got to clear up with kung fu too. Yeah, she's the scrappy one. She's a fighter. Uh, I I think we should just say right off the bat that kung fu is a, that's a. Mar not not the right martial art for Japan. Nope. <laughs> and here's here's the sign of the times uh, and why this, I guess this character hasn't really aged well, is Mac. Oh, and God. Mac. Poor Mac. Mac just loves to eat. Yeah. yeah and she's like, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a pig. And then all the girls go, <laughs> like, you are something else. She's like, yep, I'm something else. It's mm -hmm. a weird dynamic. And uh, I, it's really mean. <laughs> yeah, I think they do that whole like scene that you just did, Mike, like five different times in this movie. Five times, yeah. And it doesn't make you like the other girls. Like, before they... Listen, they, they go to a house. If you see a picture <laughs> of this movie, it's clearly haunted. If you Be just see the poster, you kind of get the feel of what the movie's about. Before they get to the haunted house, I was already like, I don't care what happens to any of these girls. They're terrible. <laughs> We got so much backstory with just their names. Oh, I know. A weird thing about this movie is that it introduces a lot of characters that just don't go anywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. They, they go they go through a lot of trouble to introduce characters, and then you just never see them again. Like the coach. Do you remember the coach? The coach. The coach. I like how her hat was just jauntily placed <laughs> on her hat. I, and then, yeah, because then at one point she's like, oh, you're getting married. Have fun. She's like, I guess. And it's like, oh, we're going to hear more about that marriage. Nope. <laughs> Don't get married to that idea. 
Oh, Mr. Uh, Fogo, who will teach, <laughs> yeah. who's like, he's uh, in it for a little bit, but there's just no point, really. <laughs> the way they talk about him, like, oh, he's coming back. Oh, man, he's going to come back. He's going to have a chainsaw for a hand, and he's going to get rid yeah. of all those ghosts. <laughs> nope. It doesn't really bother me that nothing makes sense in this movie, because I guess, because I've seen, this is, I've seen it a few times, um... And, every, and I felt like I hadn't really seen it when I watched it for this because there's just so much visual stuff going on that I think you need a few viewings to kind of process all of it. It's 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 very, very dreamlike. It's like you're watching a dream, like in like the sense that like nobody I haven't seen a movie that really gets it right. Like I've seen like, you know, what the science of sleep and like waking life or something. And this is like, oh, no. <laughs> All of this, like, it's like that weird kind of uh, reality where, like, of course this makes sense. But after the fact, you're like, what? That made no sense at all. (laughs) And if you watch the movie or if you're just listening to us talk about it and you maybe saw a trailer or whatever, the thing to keep in mind is the director of this movie, he was an experimental director who was very successful um, doing television advertising. And that this movie, makes sense. This movie came about because he was approached to conceptualize a film that can cash in on the success of Jaws. Now, <laughs> Jaws is a scary movie, but it's a complete narrative. You know, it's right. like there is a shark in the water. This this is just chaos. Um, but another interesting thing about about where the ideas came from the director um got them from his daughter he asked her about certain dreams and ideas that she had and yeah. he kind of he kind of wrote them all down like a lot of the scenarios okay. and then he, he uh, obayashi took took those ideas gave them to a screenwriter and said like this is the movie can you turn it into something and so the script is totally based on i don't know how old his daughter was but i imagine probably she was close to the age of the what the main characters mm, are supposed to be that makes so much sense i think his daughter could have had a better imagination <laughs> when I was daughter's, his, daughter, his daughter's for me his daughter's dreams were not that good <laughs> <laughs> i mean say, say what you want about like the the storytelling me- methods or you know as you guys pointed out like kind of empty uh character development <laughs> I think the one thing that's fantastic about this is the way it's sort of edited together, like the um, in-camera effects in this. Oh, yeah. Like, I've never seen that many, like, just a collection of that many different kinds of effects. Like, you can tell there's parts where they're coloring the film or they're doing crazy jump cuts on things to to make something appear a certain way. And I guess, um, again, the director... He also edited the films himself, and he wanted all of the effects to look like they were made by children. So he, wanted <laughs> them to, he wanted them to be all very crude. Uh-huh. Mm. Is that why? <laughs> Mike, Mike is just like, no, that looks pretty. Is that why? That's kind of high budget to me. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, yeah, apologizing for the budget. Well, I wanted them to look uh, like they were shot on, the, <laughs> on video. The best thing, like some of the best uh, special effects, I don't, 
because they use it probably was green screen but maybe not even green screen but they would like have clearly the actors in a studio and then behind them they'd be looking at a window and it would be like green screen but it was absolutely no not even out a window they'd be outside in the distance there'd be like a cottage Something you just could have done for a nickel with just a camera. It's like they went through more trouble to get a pretty boring scene on green screen. I actually, I, you know what? All joking aside, I actually really did like the look of it. It was just, like I said, dreamlike. And I, now that Jason gave me that little tidbit just now, like it makes so much more sense to me the way this was actually shot. I wanted to just set this up for Mike. Um, so, Mike, talk to me a little bit about the dad character. <laughs> oh, the dad character? That guy's fantastic. Uh, first of all, he's like uh, this, uh, like imagine like, you, like your non-communicative uncle. And if uh, also, if you don't have one of those in your family, it's either you or it's your dad. <laughs> but, <laughs> and he... Uh, First of all, he's like that, and he seems like, the guy seems like he's, like, tanked, anyway, the actor. Nothing great to look at, which is odd, because he comes home from his business trip. They set this backstory for no reason. Apparently, he was over in Italy <laughs> scoring a movie, right? A movie that was, uh, Leone said that he was better than Morricone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this guy's over in Cinicetta, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he was great. Fine. Which is fine, but he's like, I don't care. Yeah, I was doing better than Marconi. And then he goes, hey, I got a new mom for you. And uh, the, the woman's supposed to be beautiful. Like, you're, you, they want the viewer to go, whoa. <laughs> Not my type. But you know something's up with her. Like, uh, as soon as she came on there. As soon as she came yeah. on screen, she looks, like, so ethereal and, like, yeah. I was like, there she, that's the ghost. Like, we're done here. We can shut it off. That's yeah. why this house is haunted. And it's another one of those things where they introduce the character. Like, she just, like, shows back up at the end. By the way, this character always has wind blowing in her face all <laughs> the time. And to do that, they use a very crude effect where <laughs> she's sitting across from somebody else. So clear that other actor was just, like, punched in. <laughs> like, some crude video effect. So they could have the fan in front of her. Uh huh. But they bring her. Basically, she's in the beginning, and then at the end, she like, she dies again. Spoilers. You should already know this, but like that—that that was her whole arc, and the fact that she's like, she's just like wind constantly blowing on when her. She, when she's first introduced, maybe I'm misremembering this, but did they do a thing where she was walking across this sort of uh, patio type thing, and there yeah. was panels of glass, but it was. When you first see her, it's um, Gorgeous's mother. And then when they turn, it's the new mom. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. But the thing about this new mom is something's yeah, obviously up. Because this guy, he's got to know he's swinging above his weight with that. <laughs> like, oh, this woman loves me. It's like, there's clearly something up. I mean, if you lived your life as that guy, nothing wrong with it. You just know she's out of your league. Nothing wrong with her. And she wants to be that girl's mom so bad. I just want to be a good new mother to her. And what was her name? Sensual? <laughs> oh, what, the the new mom's name? 
Oh no, the girl's name. Gorgeous. 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 Gorgeous is kind of like, what's going on? Why does this lady want to be my mom? (laughs) Rightfully so. (laughs) We also should talk about the aunt too, because the aunt is sort of the reason why all this stuff happens, I believe, right? Yeah, that's the that's okay. Let's yeah, let's get a little more into the plot. So basically, uh, Gorgeous. His dad comes back into town, which, by the way, I don't know who takes care of Gorgeous when dad's out of town. She's just by herself all the time. Oh, because she has to do everything. Oh, there's also a cutaway where she's she's going, now you won't have to do my mending. And it's like, if you're this big, and then it's like, the flashback is her doing, she'd do a very good job. Also, this guy, he's some big shot uh, in the movies. Just hire someone to do your mending. (laughs) I was bragging, and then like um, I, I make my daughter mend my clothes. <laughs> so, they're supposed to go on a trip, but Gorgeous gets upset that uh, this new woman is like about to take over her mom's life. So she decides to go over to her aunt's house that she hadn't seen since she was a little little kid, and she decides to bring her friends. Like long story short, she brings her friends, and they go to this house where they hang out with her aunt who turns out to be like dead from like maybe either 10 years ago or 500 years ago they don't really ma- they make the flashback seem like it happened like a long long time ago but she but the crux of it is that she never married right and then i believe so it lost me at some point <laughs> and then she died and now uh she basically eats uh, unwed young women. And gets her youth back. Gets her youth back, yes. He's like a, is, that, is, is, that, is that a succubus? Mm, I think succubus just prey on sleeping men. <laughs> okay. See, I, I knew you'd have an answer. <laughs> I love that scene in the, in the um, sort of when she's first starting to cause havoc. It reminded me a little bit of um, like the Sam Raimi Yes. Evil Dead stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a part where there's a part where she um has clearly eaten one of the kids and everyone's like, What happened? <laughs> what, what you know, what where where you know, where is insert name of first kid who dies? And she starts Mac. smiling. She's she starts smiling Mac. at another ki- another kid and she's got like an eyeball in her mouth and so and, and and you get to see the eyeball moving around between her yeah, that teeth. That creeped the hell out of me. She's making a joke out of it. Yeah. She had a good oh. sense of humor about her murders. Oh, I, I should say, viewer or listener, if you haven't seen this, um, if 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 the idea of a uh, uh, a character who's supposed to be a teenager getting decapitated is all right with you, by all means, watch this movie. <laughs> At one point, one of the kids dies. All right, first of all, I don't know. They put in this watermelon that they steal from this uh, mentally ill man. They bought it. They ended up buying who it. Who they also... I don't think they bought it. I think Max <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I want to eat it all. And they go, oh, put it in the well. I don't have a refrigerator. Or it's broken. It's like, okay, well, something's up with the refrigerator. So they put it in a well. Uh, Sensual, or whatever her name is, is pulling the... Uh, <laughs> Gorgeous. We're going to crack this open. Oh, wait, that was and fantasy. Like, like, fa- fantasy, right? Oh, that's right. And so it's uh, instead of it's a, a, a beef's head, beef, the girl who likes to eat... The, the, so her head's flying around, and uh, it's ah, which is is pretty spooky. I mean, you knew it was going to be a head, but it was so crude. But then later on, 
instead of the head going back down the well, it stops before the well and just throws up for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Which I liked. Uh, yeah. So, basically, yeah, uh, movie ends with everybody dying. Do you remember the death? Most memorable death right now. Go. I'm going to say, because I actually want to talk about this a little bit, but the um, melody playing the piano and getting yes. her, her, her fingers chopped off. But the skeleton behind her who was just going like, he's <laughs> like someone was just dangling a skeleton <laughs> on a rope behind her. It's like, well, you, had the, you already had the ghoul there. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the whole movie. She would have gone, ah, and her heart, you know. Stop. Gabe, what was your favorite murder? Well, I like the <laughs> Melody's death as well. I'm trying to remember, how did Kung Fu die? Kung Fu. I don't know. I was, uh, at, at, at that point, I was in and out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but first of all, the thing with Kung Fu is, uh, at one point, she just loses a lot. There's a lot, which is common with horror movies around this time. A lot of like, just like cheap nudity, but they're supposed to be teenage girls. Also, it's kind of so. At one point, Kung Fu is doing her Kung Fu, and she loses her pants. So for the rest of the movie, she's running around with no pants on. She's in her <laughs> underwear. Let's just make that clear. But it was like okay, yeah. So but just there's no reason for her no to pants be in her now. underwear. Yeah, there was no reason at all. They kind of just fall off. <laughs> I'm like, let me take a bath. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do we think? Jason, do you like, I, I think you like this movie, Jason, just by. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I like it a lot, actually, because it's just one of those things where you, if you decide to accept that there are no rules, there is no story, this is just like uh, chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can get into that rhythm. I did want to say, too, or and ask you guys, what did you think about the music in the film overall? Because we had something that I really like to see in movies where you have a theme that reappears in different genres and different tempos and certain characters have themes. And there was a great deal of 70s psych rock coming in and out. Yeah, that one 70s song, it just erased... At one point, this is the point in the movie where I went, oh, God, is it going to all be like this? <laughs> there's this thing, some, like, jangly, like, I, I don't even remember what the music was. Like, <laughs> it's like uh, C-grade, Love and Spoonful. It's like, you gotta put your fifth in me, something like that. And then there was an old cobbler and a little girl making shoes. I'm like, oh, come on, what is this? <laughs> At that point, I actually stopped it because I was sure I wasn't watching the right movie. <laughs> So if you, if, you, if you haven't watched this and you see a cobbler, you're, you are watching the right movie. You're watching the right movie. Uh, I don't know what to say. But yeah, that song got into my head and I, I can't remember any of the music other than that. I think the thing I remember about the music is that like they kind of just like <laughs> pick like weird moments to just press play and then just like the whole song would just play out over like even dialogue and stuff it was kind of i mean it was fine i liked it i liked the music i i liked the music a lot but they just kind of like 
they just literally just press play and then like it would be like two minutes solid and like whatever's going on on screen does not match whatever's going on in the music they were just like listen my friend he has his demo <laughs> tape he wants to put it out there i put it in my movie well gabe what are your final thoughts on this listen i like this movie how could i not like this movie <laughs> It's like somebody had a, a vision, somebody had a dream. They did it, they put it up there on the screen. And you know, there's nothing offensive. I mean, I'm sure there's offensive things about it, but like there's nothing that really offends me. I I think it's a good time. <laughs> I think it's just a really weird whimsical horror movie which is two genres that you never see together. Anyone see Suspiria? Oh uh, yeah, I have. And again, not into it. I, I I have not. I feel like these movies are related because they blend the very stylized look with the gore. Hmm. I need to check that out. Uh, what? What year did? When did this premiere? When did this movie premiere? July thirtieth, nineteen seventy-seven. Okay. Well, that was a Saturday. S- Saturday. How'd you do that? Oh, well, I have total recall. It's called hyperthymesia, the same disease Mary Lou Henner suffers from. Oh, like photographic memory, huh? You know, I've seen Taxi's Ms. Elaine Nardo perform this parlor trick before. What day of the week was I born? Let's see. Birthday, August 6th, 19... Wednesday, yes, absolutely... You were born on a Wednesday. Whoa, I am not going to check that right now, but wow. All right. Okay, try this one. How many fingers am I holding up behind my back? That's not how this works. See, Mike, I told you he's full of it. Fine. Three? Oh, you're a witch. I got one. February 19th, 1996. What did you do that day? Let me scan through my pristine personal archive. And... Got it. I would have gone to school. Definitely. That sounds really correct. Mainly because you come across very confident and answer right away. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm putting these down as lucky guesses. All right, try this hot shot. What's my social security number? It doesn't work like that. <laughs> Mike, we're in the company of a snake oil salesman. All right. I'll throw some numbers out there. 073926. Uh, en- enough, 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 enough. What are, you do- what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get my identity stolen? Uh, what did you have for breakfast last Monday? No. Two Mondays ago. Cereal. Oh, I got goosebumps. There's got to be some trick he's playing on us. Do you do stuff with, like, mirrors? What? I'm watching you very closely, and I will expose you for what you truly are. I don't know what I did wrong here. All right, tell me this, Mr. Memory Man. What am I thinking right now? (laughs) I'm not a psychic or a mind reader. Again, I just have a photographic memory. I can pull things very clearly from my past. You are a coward. God damn it. All right. 
I guess you're thinking that there's no way I can possibly guess what you're thinking. Am I close? How the fuck did you do that? Get out of my head and you stay away from me. You stay away from my family. Understood, okay, freak? Okay, come on, Gabe. I, I think you should lie down. I am sorry, Jason. I think he's just seen too much today. This isn't natural. Not of this world. He's an evil soothsayer, I tell you. Hmm. Now where the hell did I put my glasses? You've been listening to the best of Time Mule. Sponsored in part by Right White Correction Fluid. Hotel accommodations by the Regal Palm Inn. Microphones by Zerv. Well, boys, here we are again. Mm. The end of an episode. We've been here and answered this question many times, but what did we learn today? Well, I learned that our writers have signed terrible contracts because we didn't have to pay them shit for this best of episode. Yeah. Great. I love that. I think I learned that uh, next time I hire people for a telethon, I should really look at the price tag and wonder why it's so low. Yeah, and I was looking back at some of that old footage, and I, for one, am glad that I got that eye work done. Yeah. It was worth it. You look terrible before. Mm. You look great now. You're an old hag. You're constantly winking at me, but I know there's good reason. That That's, that's a side effect. I had some nerve damage. Oh, that's a side effect? I thought you just liked me. <laughs> I do, but I did go to, like, kind of like one of those doctor sovereign citizens go to. Not really a doctor, but but Price was right. Price was right is a good ending. All right. All right, everybody. Till the next time. All right, let's get the fuck out of here, because I got to do some cocaine with some celebrities. <laughs>